So, like I've said um, to you, not to, to the me. audience. Hello, audience. Hello, audience. This story actually predates the podcast. This was the second story I ever wrote. So we, I, I've completely forgotten it. I know who she is. Oh, that's a good start. But I don't know anything about her. Not really. And neither do us. It's going to be um, a lot of... Blind leading blind. Let's, yeah, a let's, lot of... Call, let's call a spade a spade. This is going to be blind leading the bloody blind today. Well, I'm doing my best. <clears throat> With my death rattle and dubious beer. I'll do my best to remember <laughs> what I wrote last March. So, yeah, memory's not your strong No, and point, this is, is 14, 14 months in the making, this. So oh. we can we can judge the writing proficiency of... 32 year old Joseph Heathcote and see see what we think of him past Joe as I past like to Joe. call him past was he Joe. good was he bad I don't know it was it was height of lockdown no it was it was uh, the first it was so, the very start of first lockdown when I went I'm going to start a podcast yeah and I went with what what does one need I don't know Do can we even do this is this a home thing I said don't worry it's on layaway so I've spent £300 but not really <laughs> I'll just uh, pay it off over the next six yeah, years yeah you just told me it was turning up you didn't even you didn't even run this past the family finance well did I've, you no you didn't tell I've, the tell your I've, truth yes Joe. but I figure over the years the amount that I've saved in haircuts alone that's true I just buzz you yeah yeah uh, makes up for it are you seriously opening that now i am opening it this is me doing it are you going to be eating that limp bar as i start no but i like to look at it <laughs> fantastic hey up i'm joe heathcote and this is consistently eccentric a podcast where i will attempt to teach a friend of mine a lesson from british history focusing specifically on the lesser known and less believable people and events that the history books tend to leave out so let's get started with this story begins in the Victorian era. Um, your three words. Mm -hmm. Industrial accident. I'm hyphenating it before you get picky. Yeah. Arabic. Yeah. Centenary. Okay. Mm. All right. Crack on. I'm ready. No, no comments on any of those words. I've already forgotten them. Okay, fantastic. So, <laughs> when Robert Stark first saw Flora Stark, he knew knew deep in his loins mm. she was the girl he wanted to marry she was the one now there was a significant age gap of nearly a decade which it can affect relationships it can i've known i've known bigger gaps but go on what was probably more concerning to the family yeah was the fact that they were first cousins so when i said robert stark and flora stark that wasn't after they got married that was before Oh no. Mm. Oh my god, this is gonna go into the webbed eyelashes brigade, isn't it? Well, it's you know No chins. It's not even like you could say, Well, we like the same things because we grew up the same because Three eyes. And webbed lips. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, while they were both struggling artists, so they yeah. had that in common, mm. you know. Right, lack okay. of prospects. Um Poverty. What have we got in common? Poverty. And grandparents. Really? And grandparents. <laughs> oh, God. Poverty and grandparents. Mm. And our parents are brother and sister. Mm. So while they were both struggling artists, mm. should have been something to bond over, he enjoyed the bleak and boggy moors of southwest England. Right. Uh, he looked like a bleak and boggy man, to be fair. I can remember a picture of him now. Uh -huh. She loved socialising in the more vibrant parts of Europe. 
So she liked to go to Vienna and to Budapest and to Paris and to all of these lovely places. Very nice. So they did what any couple would do and they agreed to split their time between Dartmoor, where the ponies live. Yes, I know where that is. Thank you, And Italy. Oh, nice. Which succeeded in ensuring that neither one of them was happy at least 50% of the time. I was going to say, so you got you got you get a misery. Mm. Okay. So they got married. Yeah. Um, they'd realised that what they wanted out of life was diametrically opposed to each other. He wanted isolation in the cold and the wet of England. She wanted socialising in the hotter parts of Europe. Yeah. Uh, and they thought, as many couples have before, and probably will continue to do so, the way to solve this problem is to. Sing a song about Maria? She's not a nun. Okay. I don't know. Let's let's try it this way. Try again. Try again. My brain turned You've off. You've got then. a couple. Go Things aren't clicking. Yeah. They're starting to suspect in their hearts that maybe this was a lust match rather than a love match. How Is something they... missing? Is it a child? <gasps> yes. Ugh. It was at this time Flora found out she was pregnant. Yay. That'll sort it out. Go, Flora. Because nothing has ever happened, ever gone wrong with that idea mm. well historically her daughter her first daughter Freya yeah. Stark entered the world in Paris I like the name Freya mm. Milo was going to be Freya if he, was a, if he was a girl yeah it would have been cruel if he you know being a boy now we could have called him Sue <laughs> well she entered Freya Stark entered the world in Paris on January 13th 1893 mm. Her mother was completely unprepared for her arrival and had to send two artist, artist friends uh, out to buy some essentials, such as you know, baby clothes, nappies, just just the basics. So it, it seems like she... She'd no li- hospital bag then? No, no. She'd literally just continued to get larger and then um, been in denial. And when Freya finally entered the world, she went, oh. Oh, shit, I've got nothing to put her in. Yeah. Oh, she and just what crap, will you be that weird black stuff yeah. everywhere. Oh no, what are we going to do now? <laughs> the thing is, she was sending two arts, artistic friends because the dad, Robert Stark, he was nowhere near. He was in Dartmoor. I was going to say, he was with ponies. He was, in the, he was with the ponies in Dartmoor yeah. because as any responsible father would be, between you know eight and nine months of a pregnancy, that's when you choose to, to go back home for a little while just to you know work on your isolation. Just, just maudal. Yeah, Maudel. That's a good word. It is a good word. He went home to Maudel. He did on his moors. Now, there were questions over the parentage of little Freya. Oh, was there? Not surprising when the dad isn't even at the birth. Uh, her cousin, Nora Stanton Blatch Burney. Great name. I've, I've forgotten it all. It's so long, I've forgotten it already. Nora Stanton Blatch Burney. Nora Stanton Blatch Burney. No, Blatch Burney. Blatch Burney, sorry. Two separate words, thank you. just known as Nolly. Uh, Nolly. She insisted that the father was, in fact, a gentleman from New Orleans by the name of Obadiah Dreyer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So Nora Stanton Blatch Burney believes it's Obadiah Dreyer. (laughs) That's the T. Yeah. You need to warn me when you call people. It's not a silly name. That man existed. <laughs> Obadiah Dreyer <laughs> was a man of means from New Orleans <laughs> who could very well have been the father of Freya Stark, according oh. to Nora oh. Stanton Blatch Burney. 
And you know that the information you get from Nora is normally tip top. <laughs> so, two years later. <laughs> two years later. I'm actually crying now. Okay. <laughs> a, a little sister, Vera, was born. And this time. Oh, Vera got a poor dude name. Th- yeah, this she? time there was no question of scandal because everyone was sure it was the product of incestuous relationship between cousins, which is good. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, we're not going to question that. It definitely was. So, they lived uh, a nomadic life until Freya was 10. Okay. Um, again, you know, bouncing around Europe and occasionally off to Dartmoor to see Dad. Um, but then, her mother, Flora, abandoned her father to buy a one-third investment in a factory being won, uh, being won, that had been won. Um <laughs> By an Italian count called Mario Di Rosco. Oh my God, please don't give me any more rhymey names. Called Mario Di Wario. You might as well. No. Um, <laughs> an Italian count called Mario Di Rosco. He was 19 years younger than Flora. Oh. But she was clearly hoping it would oh become a relationship. Oh. You know, her, her first husband had been 10 oh years God. older than her, so... Clearly, she could pull a guy who was 19 years younger. Uh, it didn't become a relationship, though. Oh, dear. Yeah. Her, her wooings were poo-pooed. Her woo-wooings. Her woo-wooings were poo-pooed oh, uh, by Mario. They were poo-pooings. Yeah. Um, and she actually ended up working in Mario's factory for about £10 a week and living with her two daughters in abject poverty. So This her... is a horrible story. Well, it's making me sad. You know how it goes. You've got to introduce some kind of um, obstacle. There's for obviously the some horrendous kind of wedding match there that's just like incestuous and horrible. And then there's like an illegitimate daughter. No, no, no. There was. It was just. It was just Nolly question saying, mark. Yeah. And then there's you know some pug ugly sister that's that everyone what says. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, that was definitely <coughs> two first cousins. You know what that's. Leave Vera alone. She's solid and dependable is Vera. Um, So, yeah, she went... (coughs) Don't don't forget, she she put a third of the investment needed to buy this factory in, yet somehow she's working for 10 quid uh, a week. So she's been fleeced by Mario. He's definitely... Yeah, it's a man's world. We know this. Hmm. Well, they lived like that for three years. And then when she was 13, Freya was invited by the Count Mario to see a new machine in the factory, of which he was very proud. Right. You know, we're in the we're in the uh, heart of the Industrial Revolution here, so he's bought himself a big piece of Victorian, um, well, this would be late Georgian machinery. Why would this machinery. impress a 13-year-old girl? Because Mario's an idiot. He's, he's trying to impress... Uh, is he right? Royal twonk is what he is. To be honest, when I was 13, I, you know, I was trying to impress the girls in my class by showing them yeah, but bits this of is, heavy this machinery. Is like, come and see me etchings. Come and see me big machine for now, for now. It was. Um, Freya, she dutifully agreed, as her mother was still hopeful that she would eventually seduce the Count. And Flora was like, well, if I escort my daughter to see this machine, it's FaceTime with the Count. I may oh yet God. be able to woo him. Unfortunately for uh, Freya, she had quite long hair. Yeah. And she'd chosen that day not to tie it up. And she got a little bit too close to the big thrumming machine. Oh, my God. And her hair became caught up in a steel wheel. 
She proceeded to get spun violently around and around and around, spinning by her hair. Now, oh my God! Luckily, Mario, he the, there may not have been health and safety at this time, but Mario yeah. knew what to do. Turn the machine off. Oh God, no! That's not how you free a small girl's hair from a machine. Right. He decided he'd grab Freya by the legs and just try and yank her free. Oh right, okay. And in the process of freeing Freya, he managed to remove a good portion of her scalp, uh-huh. um, her entire right ear, and most of her right eyelid. Oh, my actual God. Yeah. Freya was taken to a hospital in Turin, where they took skin from her thighs to cover the exposed bone on her temple. Um, and because this is, you know, a little bit too early for for standardised medication, this was done without anaesthetic. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, and amazingly, four years after this horrific accident... And horrific trying to piece her back together yes she now has a thigh face um the family are moved into mario's house I d- I d- but it wasn't because flora had managed to woo mario finally words words worlds fail me they do mm-hmm. words fail me i have to say yeah it wasn't because flora's seven year um sort of mission to woo mario had worked <laughs> right it was because freya was now 17 and mario was interested how old was Mario at this point? He would have been in his late 30s by this point. Dirty old perf. So, yeah, he's he's found 17-year-old Freya, and he thought, do you know what? He's ripped his he's ripped her ear yeah. off, he's ripped her eyelid off, she's now scalped. And yeah, if, if in his in his logic, if you've scalped a woman, you can lay claim to her. disfigured, mm. a innocent minor. Yeah. Come and live with me. Dirty bastard. So... He suggested marriage. I bet he did. Yeah. And Freya, amazingly, for the man who scalped her, she wasn't into it. No, I wouldn't have been into it either. I would have twatted him with the frying pan. Who had, sorry, not just scalped her, who'd fleeced her mother out of a significant amount of money, left her living in poverty for three years, had her scalped, and then left her in poverty for another four years until she came of age. Oh, my God. Then suddenly made his proposals. No, no. So she wisely got in touch with her dad, who all this time had been in Soggy Dartmoor, happy as a clam. I'm yeah. imagining in a in a shack. Yeah. Uh, and he, she begged him to pay for her to move back to England uh, so she could study languages. Okay. But he said no. No, dad said yes. And Freya, she got on a train, she got on a boat, and she was back in England. Mario, though, he had a plan B. Well, she had a sister. Oh dear. It's amazing how quickly you got to that answer. He is the skeeziest of men because he, is he the just skeeziest asked her younger ball. sister, Vera, to marry him. And despite... He didn't care. He just wanted. Oh God, no. Essentially, let's just say it what it is. He's a paedophile and he wants a child bride. Well, yeah. Dirty because bastard. Freya was 17 and there was two years between Freya and uh, Vera. So, 15 year old Vera. Um, and amazingly, because. You can marry a fifteen-year-old so long as the parents consent. In what? Or country? you could, you could at this point in Italy, apparently, um, because they got married. Because Flora, she gave her consent. So that maybe I wasn't. Could a- you imagine? Maybe I wasn't able to seduce the count. But if I have my daughter as a proxy, she's entitled to half of his stuff. I control my daughter. Therefore, ipso facto, I'm back in the big time. I've got some money. 
So there's absolutely no issue with Mario marrying a 15-year-old. I did not say that. I said quite the opposite. Thank you, please. Ah, well. I'm having to have some chocolate now just to calm me down. Wind me up. So Mario and Vera were married and Vera was apparently very unhappy in the marriage. It was all her mum's idea. And it was probably also her mum's idea that Vera should try and get pregnant by Mario, thus securing the family line. Vera was against it. probably a good idea. I've got a mouthful of chocolate right now. Yeah. Mm. Vera was completely against it. Um, But she went along with what her mum said anyway Mm -mm. and died of complications during a miscarriage in 1926. Oh, my God. Uh, And Freya made a vow that she was going to live a life on her own terms from that moment on because she'd been getting letters from her sister saying how unhappy she was in this marriage how she felt controlled by her mum. Horrific. And basically she'd never had, Vera had never had a chance to to make a decision, to have any agency in her life. Uh, And then she died in childbirth. Oh my God. Uh, When she got the news that her sister had died, Freya herself was just recovering from a serious illness that had cost her an engagement to an Italian doctor. She got a bit ill because apparently Italian uh, men of this age... It was like, well, you're either ready now or I'm just going to move on to the next one. No. He immediately broke off the engagement to say he'd married an American musician who'd happened by. Like, seriously, do they just... Is it like just a revolving door of women for these guys? She was engaged to this Italian doctor. Yeah. She got ill, so she wasn't able to go and see him at a prearranged, you know, holiday. Uh, and during that holiday, he'd met an American musician and he wrote to her to say, oh, by the way, I'm married now. So um, I, mean, I guess we're no longer engaged because that'd be weird. Just... But it meant that she had no commitments. And Hooray! as you can imagine, she was a bit annoyed with men because yeah. her experience of men had been her dad, who just kind of checked out when her mum had left. Yep. Mario, which is not a good experience of men anyway. No. Nope. And this Italian doctor who'd you know, promised to marry her and then when it was slightly inconvenient, uh, married someone else. So she decided she would go and travel across the Middle East and write about her experiences. Okay. Nice. Um, Which was quite unusual for, um, you know, a a woman to do at this time because we're in in between the wars now. This is 1926, 1927. Yeah. So although women are more emancipated than they were during the Victorian times, it's still... You know, highly irregular for a woman to go travelling unescorted. By November 1927, she was in Damascus in Syria. Yep. Which is the oldest continually inhabited city in the world. It is. There I you go. That. Little factoid there I'll throw in. But you already knew it, so... I did go to Following World War One, Syria was under the control of the French. Because, of course, they were. Okay. I and they'd just that. put down a bloody rebellion from the Druzy Islamic sect. I may have got that pronunciation wrong. It's D-R-U... As you did with pronunciation. 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 Uh, It's D-R-U-Z-E. So it's either Druze or Druzy. I don't know. I think Um, I would have said Druze, but... Okay. mm. We're going to go with consensus in the room. Druze, Islamic sect. Yeah. As a result, the area where they lived was known as the Mountain of the Druze, and it was quarantined by the French. So they'd basically just put cordons around this area of Syria and went, no one goes in, no one comes out. We don't want to engage with them uh-huh. 
because it's going to cost us too much in terms of military force, in terms of spending. But we also don't want them to think that we don't want to engage with them because then they might decide to have another rebellion. So we're just going to hang around the edge here. And Freya, of course, because she was told she couldn't go there, presumably by men, decided it was the only place she actually wanted to go and visit. Yeah, she's a woman after my own heart there. Her friend, Venetia Buddicombe, another great... Mean. Sorry, I'm mean. Another chocolate is the stress. It's the stress of Mario. It's like got me. Um, This story is just cramped full of interesting names. Yes, well, Venetia Buddicombe was visiting with Freya at the time (laughs) in Damascus. (laughs) I <laughs> know it's Obadiah Dreyer, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gone again. We're never going to get this story finished because we're going be like, to be like another 30 minutes in and you're just going to keep exclaiming Obadiah Dreyer and that'll be it. So Freya made this decision. She, she wanted to go and see the Druze um, and her friend happened to be with her, Venetia. So she just went, right, you're coming with me, Venetia. You came to visit me. Come on. We're going we're going into a quarantine zone where we're not allowed to go just for just for a laugh. Yeah. Um and they also engaged a Drew's guide called Najam uh, and rented some donkeys. So it's Freya Stark, Venetia Buddicombe, Najam and a donkey. And I'm going to guess three donkeys. Okay. One for each, maybe yeah. four because you'd also have your pack. Yes, animal as well. Um the expedition did not get up to a good start when the experienced Drew's guide, Najam, forgot to pack any water skins. Which which leads me to think maybe he was lying about just how experienced a guide he was. He was just a bloke, wasn't yeah, he? It, it seems, it seems yeah, water can, is one of those totally things you want that. to pack. I haven't stolen these donkeys. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm not here to make a quick book. Of course I've got the experience. I'm going to forget your water like, so you're probably going to die. But, mm. Well, no, Fre- Freya basically, you know, decided to carry on regardless. She's like, oh something will turn up. You're not going to tell me she, she bear grilled this. Oh, yeah. She and not only that, piss. she made it. Well, I don't know that she drank her own piss. Maybe she found a stream. Maybe <laughs> the next little village they got to, she went, look. My mate here, Najam, he forgot all of our water. Can we buy some from you, please? Mm, fair enough. Yeah. I, d- I don't know that she immediately went to the drinking piss. Bear Grylls does. He does it. He, I think he's just got a bottle in the fridge just when, for when. Well, you need it chilled. He's got it in a soda stream. Yeah. Carbonated. <laughs> the bubbles make it go down easier. Busy with fizzy. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah, they made it, though, to the Mountain of the Druze without being detected by the French. And she was able to enjoy approximately an hour in a Druze village before French military police arrived and escorted her to the nearest garrison. Oh, dear. So there must have been either a spy in the villages um, or the French had been watching, just amused. Yeah. <laughs> at this British... What is this, what is this woman with one ear doing on this donkey it's, with this it's woman? these two sort of women... <laughs> Let's be fair, it's these two women because her friend Venetia Buddicombe was on the other donkey. Imagine them both riding side saddle. Yes. And then As ladies do. And then Najam riding it backwards because he lied about being able to ride a donkey yeah. too. We know water. So that'd be like super obvious. Either that or his donkey is just riding off in large circles in a say, blind just, panic. He's just, yeah. <laughs> just like shit. <laughs> As the two ladies serenely make their way through the Syrian country. Yeah. Um the French, they thought she was a spy, intending to try and stir up another rebellion. 
Okay. Because they couldn't imagine any other reason that uh, a British woman would want to go to this quarantined area of Syria. I mean, to be honest, they were probably very surprised that there was a British woman in Syria anyway. Full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Freya insisted she'd simply gotten lost because her Thomas Cook guide was out of date. That was the God's honest excuse she used. Amazing. And do you know what? She was convincing. Because the French, they decided she wasn't a spy. And within a week of her just chilling out of the French garrison, yeah. they'd agreed to let her continue her journey to meet the Druze and to meet the Druze spiritual leader, no less, Ooh. without any kind of escort. They were like, not only do we trust you implicitly now, we're going to let you... You know, if if you thought someone was trying to stir up a rebellion, yeah, to go from, you know, one week saying, we can't allow you any access to this pe- these peoples because we think that you have malicious intent and we think you're going to yeah. stir it up, to, oh yeah, carry on. You're going to meet the head honcho. No worries. Yeah, whatever. We're not even going to watch. You just do what you want to do. Whatevs. That's, that's the gift of the gab right there. Yeah, I was going to say she's got the gift of the gab. <laughs> she's not doing badly. She's not. Um, Freya published some articles about her trip and she made a little bit of money. Nice. As a travel writer. Oh, good. But she was already focused on a new goal. Okay. And this one's even cooler. She wanted to visit the ancient fortress of the assassins in Iran. Oh my god. I know. Right, okay. Because assassins are wicked cool. Apparently so. Yeah. After a brief layover in a relatively safe city, Baghdad, but she accidentally booked rooms in the local red light district. Okay, fair enough. Which amazingly turned out to be the safest area for her to have booked because the women there all looked out for each other. Nice. Uh, And it was quite a female-centric area. And because she was fluent in Arabic by this time, because mm. the, the you know lessons that her dad had paid for, yeah. uh, paid dividends, she said it was one of the nicest places she'd ever stayed. And it was cheap, so she managed to save some money as well. Nice. Uh, but yeah, she decided finally to drag herself away from her new friends in Baghdad. Yeah. Uh, and she set off to find the assassin strongholds in April 1930. Okay. This was in spite of a financial issue, which meant she had only two pounds to cover the two weeks of travelling. Right. It's brave, but okay. Mm. It's probably the reason she left, because even a cheap um, room in a brothel is probably going to run to more than £2 a fortnight. Yeah. So she, she had to go. But luckily, whilst hitchhiking, because what else are you going to do? With two quid, yeah. In, you know, in Iraq, you're going to hitchhike. Yeah. Um, Freya just so happened to meet a young doctor whose family owned the land the fortresses were built on. Hmm. Convenient. Really? He agreed to help her reach her goal, and by June, she had returned. So, you think it's going to be a massive sort of... She's set off hitchhiking, it's going to be full of peril. Yeah. And she just so happens at the first bus depot to bump into the guy who owns the land they're on, and he basically gave her a guided tour. Amazing. You know, it was still, it was still hard climbing and hard hiking, and there mm. was still some peril involved, but compared to what it could have been what it should have been mm. when she left Baghdad with tuppence in her pocket <laughs> yeah. you know it's amazing the map she created of the area won her an award and fellowship to the Royal Geographical Society brilliant which has boasted members such as Ernest Shackleton yeah Sir Edmund Hillary yeah and probably most importantly of all in terms of travel writers Sir Michael Palin of course who served as president of the Royal Geographical Society from Ooh. 2009 to 2012 I love Michael. Good old Michael. Michael. This made her two further trips to Iran much easier because yeah. 
the Royal Geographical Society agreed to finance them. Uh-huh. And by 1933, she was ready to write her first book, Ooh. The Valley of the Assassins. Amazing. Which sounds probably cooler than the content, which was a travelogue. And if I'm reading The Valley of the Assassins, I'm expecting some kind of um, Indiana Jones-esque temple pillaging adventure. Snakes. A woman, she's screaming. Pretty much. Yeah. It was the first of 30 books that she would write during her career. So once Amazing. once she once she popped, she could not stop. Are they still available? Can you read them? Uh, you can read some books of, of hers she's uh, on archive.org. You can also read a, a cracking little autobiography. Oh. Yeah. Should you wish. I do. I like her. So she'd done um, the Druze. Yeah. She'd done the Assassins. Yeah. Her next goal was to visit the ancient city of Shabwa, which was rumoured to have been the capital of the Queen of Sheba. Yeah, and you you imagine that that would have temples filled with jewels somewhere. You'd like to think this is this is the sort of the it's the place to go if you're Laura Crofting. Yeah, Emma and Joe. Fun fact: I walked in to our wedding to the arrival of the Queen of Sheba. That you did. I did. Mm. It's a nice piece of music. It Very was. regal. I mm. felt regal. Did you feel regal? I did. Oh, good. I practically ran down the aisle. That's not very, very regal, excited. though, is I it? I know, I was very excited. <laughs> the music was regal. I wasn't nervous at all. I was just over, overly giddy. Mm. It'll be all that champagne you've been having beforehand. Yeah, I was hammered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However, this trip was never completed as she contracted measles and dysentery from a child in a harem and had to be airlifted to a British hospital. Because oh, <laughs> kids don't wash their hands. To be honest, I mean, the reason why I literally sound like I smoke 40 a day is because I'm currently recovering from whatever nursery germ mm. that our tiny little snot brought home. Yeah, it's like three weeks now and I'm still mm. like this. It's, it's not great. It's like kids, kids are gross. Yeah, but yeah. She, she did the smart thing and got away from the kids being airlifted out. Yeah, I'd like to be airlifted away from the kids sometimes as well. Well, it seemed, pain. To, it seemed to be her go-to way of leaving awkward situations because she then went to do an archaeological expedition in Yemen in 1937, but it was too much cataloguing and you know painstakingly writing about um, little bits of pot, and uh-huh. she got very bored. So she either did have dysentery or claimed dysentery again and got airlifted out. Because this is how Freya rolls. If she don't like what you've got going on, you'll hear hear a small, small engined aircraft just landing on your front lawn. She'll be like, well, I'm out. She's wheeled wheeled into the plane with a bucket. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) her way of leaving. Um, World War II curbed further exploration, but due to her expertise in languages, Mm -hmm. Freya found herself recruited to the Ministry of Information as a South Arab expert. Amazing. Uh, with a yearly pay of 600 quid. Ooh. That's better than having two pounds in your pocket, isn't it? Yeah. Her goal, whether it was her goal or it was the stated goal of um, the British forces, was to convince the Arabic states to join the Allies or, failing that, please be neutral. Fair enough. Do you want to join us? No. Okay. Please don't join them, though. Please. They smell. And they said rude things about you. You might get the the shitty squits. Because I have twice. What, from the Germans? Oh, yeah. I'm so confused. Where are we now? Who are you? 
She, Where am I? She stayed in the Middle Eastern states. Oh, right, okay. But now she's being paid by the British government yeah. to try and make sure that they either join the Allied side in World War Two. Oh, I got confused. Or that they just don't join the Axis. Yeah. So, you know, okay. th- th- it's, it's almost like a two-tier goal system. You know, you get three gold stars yeah. for them joining us mm-hmm. and putting all of their military might behind us. That's three mm-hmm. gold stars. You get two gold stars if they just remain neutral. Okay. And you get one gold star as a participation trophy if they join the Axis powers. But you tried really, yeah, really hard. You, yeah. And okay. and some people felt bad about it. Okay. You know, there was discussions before they decided. Um, her highlights from the war. Do you want to hear Freya's World War Two highlights? Okay. In uh, what, we, what we starting on, position what? Um, well, first thing she did, um, convincing the Imam of Yemen to remain neutral because he was going to join the Axis powers and she uh-huh. had a word with the Imam. Okay. Brilliant. And said, hey. Very good. Oh, yeah, Imam, Imam, Imam. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me and me one good eye. Yeah. Don't, don't focus on the ear yeah, that is I was going to say, don't, don't focus on that. Yeah. I'm a half eyelid. Actually, what I should say is, much like Gabrielle, the singer, mm. she would do her hair in such a way that it was always styled over to the right Amazing. to cover one eye and to cover her, uh, her ear. I love And she her. was actually considered a beauty, even after all of this, because sure. she knew how to work with what she had. She must have been a knockout. Mm. Um, she also managed to secure some intel uh, that led to the sinking of two Italian submarines. The most shocking thing there is, the Italians had submarines? The Italians were with the Germans? At the start of the war, yes. And then um, Mussolini died a bit before Hitler and the rest of the Italians were kind of like, turns out that Mussolini was a dick, wasn't he? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe we need to... I didn't... The Italians switched sides, essentially. Which everyone mocks them for, but you know what? If you realise you're on the losing side of an argument and you kill the dictator that kind of dragged you into it, there's no shame in actually switching sides. Admitting you're wrong. Yeah, if more people could admit they were wrong. Absolutely. Well done, Italy, yeah. for this. Um, so, yeah, she secured intel that led to the sinking of two Italian submarines. I assume this was before they switched sides. Otherwise, that's a boo-boo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I assume it's before the switch. She set up the propaganda network, Brotherhood of Freedom, good name, nice. in both Egypt and Iraq, My which spread... My in Egypt yeah. so, after he was shot by the SS well there would have been a point at which Freya Stark and your granddad would possibly have been quite close geographically to each other I would have thought so Mm. because like he was at the start of the war um, he was only just old enough to join the army he wasn't technically old enough to join the army he wasn't really but he lied and then he got in um, much to his dad's absolute horror Um, and I'm guessing after he saw a few things his horror yeah and then he was sent on his first mission to Germany to fight the SS, where he got shot in his leg. In his bum. It's not in his bum, it's in his leg, top of his thigh. In his bum. No, it was, it was shot in the front of his thigh. In his front bum. <laughs> <laughs> I like the story better, shot in the bum. I don't know. Fair I, enough. It just makes a nicer he story to me. He wasn't. Okay. That's fine, but the story should should state that he was, he was shot, shot, shot in the bum. Shot in the bum. Um, <laughs> he was and shot then... in the gooch. <laughs> And then... Um, it was a three of three. He whistles when he poos now. God's sake. Um, and then after he recovered, he went out again, but he was sent to Egypt. Mm. I did leave. Yeah. So th- there's a good chance they may have, you know, been geographically within 100 miles, 200 miles of each other. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, Dad's bought a book about it, but I don't mm. really know. Well, 
the deets on that, but it would have been inter- it would be interesting to she know. She wasn't in she Egypt was for in- the entire time though, because she was then she also managed to survive the siege of Baghdad, which was a big siege. Mm. Yeah. And quite important siege. But okay. now, because we, you know, I wrote this a year ago, I can remember nothing of. But I should probably <coughs> do an episode on. Uh, mm-hmm. And after that, she also toured America to speak up for the Palestinian peoples. Wow. Mm. Isn't that apt? Yeah. The current uh, climate. So that was that was pretty much um, the, the high tide mark of her career. Okay. It's quite high, though. Yeah. Because following the war, she married an administrator called Stuart Perwin. A pen pusher? Yeah. Okay. Stuart Pen Pusher in 1947. Okay. She was 54 and she would do no further travelling for the duration of her marriage. Hmm. The couple became estranged five years later due in oh, no gosh. small part to the fact that Stuart was gay. Oh. Okay, well. Hmm. It happened a lot, didn't it? Yes, but the sad thing about this is although his close friends had known this prior to the marriage, Freya had not been aware and nobody had told her. Oh, no, that's a... Mm. I want to have a better phrase, a dick move there. It is a big dick move. It's one thing if you agree to a marriage for, for the sake yeah. of yeah. Uh, supporting a friend or, yeah. you know... In that In that day and age, because it was still very, very illegal. Oh, yes. Um, I thought that's what had happened. Like, she'd met somebody and it was, like, for companionship mm. or for support or whatever, but no, if she didn't know that, that's, that's not okay. And though, again... Much like her parents, he wanted to stay in England mm. and have a nice little life. And a marriage to her was his way of keeping up appearances yeah. so that he could engage in polite society, whereas she wanted to keep travelling. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, 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 that's not what we do. So right, okay. much like her mum before her, yeah. she'd married someone completely inappropriate yeah. um, who had completely different interests than her. Okay. You know, the sexuality probably being the least important of those. Yeah. Um, she didn't wait a decade before she decided to call it quits. She she called it quits after five years. Half a decade. Fair enough. But she was 59 by this time. Okay. Um, she didn't let it stop her and she had further adventures in Turkey. Brilliant. Exploring all over Turkey, Turkey. and the surrounding countries, which mm-hmm. again, I wrote this a year ago and my geography is poor i can't quite remember now um cyprus you don't want to go from turkey to greece or vice versa they don't like each other and they treat you with suspicion i know they don't but i'm just saying i mean they are pretty close aren't they hey you can see one from the other i was gonna say so did she go that way did she go the other way it's the reason there's that giant cross at um lindos isn't it oh yeah because you can see it from turkey and it's like a giant screw you it is because what have they got what have they got in turkey that faces the have they got a, have they got um a half moon something have like got a crescent that. moon something like not that. half moon that'd half be weird mi- half moon total eclipse no they've got a crescent moon have, to do have, it, yeah. i think they have yeah a big dick waving competition between yeah. the two big monotheistic religions mm-hmm. um yeah uh and she would also have a final trip to afghanistan in 1968 when she was 75 years old oh go on nana freya yeah Four years after that, at the age of 79, she was made a dame. So she became Dame Freya Stark. Oh. Uh, and she finally died in 1993. Oh, my God. At the grand old age of 100 years old. 
She made oh, a century. Did despite, she get a letter? I hope she did. Uh, well, I very much hope she she would have got a letter from the Queen. Yes, she would have. Um, oh my God! Does so? Does that mean that she got through four monarchs? Um, when was she? She was born in eighteen ninety three. So one, two, three. Yeah, she would have she would have been there for four monarchs. Four monarchs. She got through four monarchs, two world wars, uh, and she spent a good portion of her life either in danger in in a, a very very poorly maintained Italian factory, or travelling some of the more um, dangerous places of the globe for a very British looking woman who yeah. insisted quite a lot of the time in travelling on her own. So the idea that she got to be 100, the other thing to remember, and I don't want to bring this up as a derogatory term because I like this woman, she was also the product of two first cousins. So genetically speaking, you would have thought the chips were stacked against her. Absolutely. But yeah, 100 years old. She's considered one of the um, great female explorers. And rightly so. And why do you have to put the caveat of female on that? Is she not one of the great explorers? I was just saying great female explorers because there were a couple of them at the time who were travelling around those places. She was inspired by somebody else Uh um, and then Freya inspired others. So it almost seemed to be like a passing of the torch moment. Oh, okay. You know, she was... I'll have to find out who she was inspired by because that person deserves an episode for themselves. But, you know, it, it was almost like she was the second one. Okay. So there was one groundbreaking lady and then Freya came in and took it to the max. Yeah. And did all the work around the Second World War, mm. which was insane. Mm. I just find it amazing that after the Second World War, she settled down. But I think that might have been due to how stressful those five years were for her. Absolutely. That, you know, once you've been through all of that, because, you know, she'd been through a siege. She'd been yeah. setting up secret organizations that uh-huh. could have got her killed. She'd mm. been working almost, you know, as a spy at times. Mm. Um, mm. And she'd done all of that. And you come out of a situation like that and maybe she almost tricked herself into thinking that what she needed was... The quiet life. Yeah, something boring. Yeah. A bit like, you remember how Paddy did? She yeah. got through World War Two, and then... But she settled down, she was perfectly happy. Uh-huh. And she grew up, but it seems like Freya was um, almost in denial for a little while. But there you go. Aww. That's the second episode I ever wrote, and it, it's taken a while to it get was, to it. It was worth the wait. She is worth the wait, isn't she, Freya Stark? And yeah. like I say, you can read... Um, Quite a few good um, biographies of her. Mm. Um, They do exist. And her books, The Valley of the Assassins, Mm. you can find on archive.org if you want to read all about that culture. Yeah. Mm. Woo-woo-woo. I like a woo-woo. What's in a woo-woo? Oh, God, I nearly dropped that then. What is in a woo-woo? Let's read. Let's learn. Lemonade with cranberry juice, peach flavour, so not actual peach, and voddy. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, I'm on a beer that literally has the words oat cream <laughs> written on the can. I thought that said dubious. It says duopolis. Duopolis. Dubious oat cream beer. <laughs> dubious oat cream beer. <laughs> That's what I'm drinking. <laughs> 